Hello, everyone. Welcome to Van Chicago Land Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, Pico Stanis. This is episode 121, season five. Today's date is April 16th, 2022. And thank you for joining me today. I have an interesting show com- coming up. Today, I will discuss uh, a children's television show that a lot of people have forgotten. Uh, well, it was a long time ago, very long, long time ago. And it was the Elmer, the elephant show that hosted by John Conrad. And uh, I will explain about that show, its history, and uh, the star. I mean, the star and the host, that is. Excuse me. And uh, the second topic I will discuss is typewriters. And uh, you don't hear that word today. And uh, it was a big deal back in the old days. And I used one frequently through high school and college and even after that. So that should be very interesting. And I'll talk about my memories of uh, doing my typing. Right now, the, the program will go into a commercial break, and this program is brought to you by O. Henry Candy Bar. And here is a commercial from 1987, featured the late Gilbert Gottfried, and I will discuss uh, about him, and that he passed away this uh, past few days. So, uh, so here is the commercial. Here we go. What makes the O. Henry Bar so intense? I'm here to tell you that the O'Henry bar has a touch of fudge. A touch of fudge. So a touch of fudge, you mean there are actually fingerprints in the fudge? People are touching it? No, it's a touch of fudge. They were not touching the fudge. If they touched it, they might have had gloves on. It was very clean operation. O'Henry, the only candy bar with milk, chocolate, peanuts, caramel, and a touch of fudge. So they were touching the... No, 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 no. O'Henry, this stuff is intense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, everyone, I am back. I hope you enjoyed the commercial for O'Henry Candy Bar that uh, featured Gilbert Godfrey. Uh, I was so sad when the when his family announced his death uh, on Twitter. I saw that on Twitter. And uh, he was 67 years old. Very funny guy. Uh, when I first knew him, I thought he was very annoying. He had that voice, you know. I thought, eh, who is this clown who is this guy he's yelling all over the place but as the years went on uh he kind of grew on me and uh he was very funny and very likable uh according to his uh to some people that uh behind the scenes you know when he's not performing he was very quiet and very shy he didn't want to talk to people no not at all and uh i remember from a few movies and uh, I remember him from Beverly Hills Cop too, you know. And uh, he stole this. He stole a movie from that. Also, uh, also did some voices. He was famous for the uh, parrot in Latin, Iago. I love that movie, and he was hilarious. Oh, you, when you see a Iago, you see him. <laughs> 
it's hilarious like that and uh yeah he did some commercials he also did a lot of promos on mtv back in the 80s and um so you know he he was a very busy guy he had his own podcast and uh he did stand up uh interesting enough he did one year of Saturday Night Live in 1980, where the most of the main, uh, when the, not for, I can't say that, not for the primetime players, uh, the original cast, uh, like John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Jane Curtin, Laurie Newen, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he joined with some other people. Some were well-known, some were not. And then uh, what I heard, what I read somewhere, they, they, he did not have a good time. And uh, a lot of people complain, who is this guy? And uh, you know, I would love to see clips of that. Be very uh, interesting, you know. And uh, but he moved on and did some, you know, TV guest spots, movies, and uh, still did stand up. And uh, one particular uh, act, I remember, he was on the Tonight Show. This is with Jay Leno when he hosted, and uh, they did a Jeopardy. <laughs> they did Jeopardy, and he. Dressed up as Britney Spears. <laughs> he wore this dress and this long blonde wig. And he's he's not talking like Britney. He's talking like he's talking like Gilbert. And it was the funniest thing I ever saw. It's it was the ugliest Britney Spears I have seen. <laughs> and uh, uh he was talented. Was so lovable, you know. It's a shame. It really is. Anyway, uh, so my condolences to his family. All right. At the beginning of the program, I will I talk. I said that I will talk about uh, the Elmer the Elephant Show that hosted John Conrad and uh, my memories of using a typewriter. I'll talk about that first. Uh, the typewriter. So you don't see that today. No, I don't think so. I have not seen anyone have any possession of it or. Or in a store, I doubt it, you know. But they were, they were around since the 19th century, and the and offices started using them about late 1880s, like that. And so, then it exploded, and uh, first were portable ones. Look kind of clunky, and they make noise, you know, ding, 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 you know, with the bell, like that. That's kind of fun. And uh, electric ones came hmm, maybe late 50s, early 60s, and uh, you know, they were good. And then they make a little softer sound, still made noise, but well, unless you type it real fast, and uh, and they had the bell. Uh, also, they included with ribbons, and a lot of people complained they hate changing it because you get all the ink on your fingers, and it was a mess. And then I think I believe that cartridges, ribbon cartridges, were introduced later. So you just, uh, when you had a typewriter that had a, you know, that you insert, you're all set to go. You know, ribbon changing all day, which is great, you know. And uh, I just posted a photo yesterday that I found on eBay. It was a typewriter from Sears. And it was an old-fashioned typewriter, the ones with the ribbon. You know, it was blue and uh, it looked gorgeous, looked beautiful. And uh, there were brand names, I remember, like uh, Smith Corona. And Smith Corona Machines, SEM, and also Brother, 
or brother t- uh, typewriters, and I don't know what else. I don't know what other companies, you know. And uh, secretaries back in the days, well, now they're called administrative assistants, um, use typewriters, you know, for their job. And uh, they had to go to school to learn to type, take shorthand, you know, like take dictation. Uh, for me, I the first time I learned how to type was high school. I went to Bogan High School, and it was sophomore year, and, you know, I seemed interested in taking a typing course, you know, but, you know, I didn't tell people because that's a lot of guys, you know, say, nah, that's woman's work, and, you know, it's a, you're being a sissy, which is stupid, you know, but, uh, so I enrolled in the typing one, typing two, and, uh, well, the majority of the class was girls. There were girls in there, but there were a few guys in there. Not many, and uh, you know that was fun. That's a fun class. That was a fun class. You know, I remember uh, the teacher, Miss Burns. I think that's her name. Very nice lady, very patient. You know, and I remember uh, she told us how to insert the paper. You know, in the, the roller, I forgot what that's called. And, uh, you know, you put it, you set the margins and that, and make sure your ribbon is uh, all set and clean. And, uh, and then you sit in position, you know, with your hands on the keyboard. The main thing I remember, I remember just now that you can't look at your keys, look at the paper and just feel the keyboard. That was tough. That was tough because you have to memorize it. I still, I can't still do that. Sometimes I have to look down. And uh, but it, as years went on, it got better. And also, a rule was: do when you are finished, do not pull the paper out of the typewriter. No, just use the rollers on the back. Go like that. Don't do that. So uh, there was a girl next to me. She lived in my neighborhood my old neighborhood and uh, she was in the same class as uh, I was. And um, she did that, you know, and uh, when we were practicing typing, we had like a book, you know, and then you type like that. Oh, that was fun. And believe it or not, she did when she was through, she did pull the paper out and then she was so embarrassed. But the, luckily the teacher did not hear her. <laughs> I saw the whole thing and I died laughing. <laughs> I go, didn't you remember, don't you remember what the teacher said? Don't do that. It goes, I forgot, she said. <laughs> oh, that was fun. So, um, yeah, so I got better. Uh, you learned the spacing and, uh, you know, you indent, you know, with paragraphs and all that. Uh, you know, liquid paper, that's a thing, uh, you know, when you make a mistake, you apply it on your paper. That I We didn't have that. That came later. And that was invented by um, Mike Nesmith's mother of, of the monkeys. She invented a little paper. She was a, a secretary. And she made a lot of money. A lot of money with that. Ooh. Yeah, very wealthy. Anyway, uh, so I did, I did very well in typing. And then uh, I took a second course, typing too. I'm glad I did that. I don't know if I had the same teacher. I probably did, maybe. And I got a little more advanced, and uh, I got better. So I think I do maybe about 40 to 45 words per minute, you know. And, uh, 
you know, and I continued learning to type as I went along. And then, uh, then I took pro data processing in at Bogan High School. That's where I got introduced to computers, and that was with the key punch, you know, with the machine, and uh, I got hooked. So over that, so I continue be involved with technology. I love technology, you know, but it it changes all the time and you got to keep up and you got to go to school for the rest of your life. And it's annoying. You know, I'm not crazy about that. Anyway, uh, so I took data processing, two classes in Bogan, then uh, went to Dela College, took some more. Uh, I didn't do very well in school. So uh, I decided to leave. And then, uh, so it just hit me, why don't I just Role in DeVry Institute of Technology in Chicago. And I asked my mom and dad, can I go there? And they said, sure, you could do it if you liked what you did. And I did. And I enrolled in 1983, March. And look at computer programming. I found it fascinating, but you know, it was getting harder as time went on, and I didn't do very well. So, but it involved typing and a lot of, you know, this uh, figuring out the uh, the programs and all that. I still remember the courses I took, and uh, I barely, I barely made it. You know, graduating, but I graduated so in 1986, and then I went off looking for work, and then got into data entry. It got easier, so and uh, it was fine. You know, I worked a few jobs. I worked one place in five years, and then I got into travel. Uh, like uh, geography. So I did, uh, went to school in 1994. Then I got a job and I worked at AmeriExpress Travel. I got hired as a ticketer, like a quality control. And I did a lot of typing. I was a good, good typist, typist, you know, very fast. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I still miss this job to this day. I've left about 15 years ago. And uh, times have changed. You know, but I still type on my computer, you know, and uh, right now typewriters uh, went away and then word processors came and I saw a lot of ads in the one, you know, in the job, you know, in the classifieds, uh, you know, in the for jobs. And I saw a lot of word processing openings, a lot of them, you know, and that's now you don't you really see that, you know, because now we have Microsoft Word. And uh, that's changed. So uh, the typewriter, I, I miss the sounds of typing and with the bell and all that. It was fun. You know, if kids today, they're like, huh, what's that? They say it's for old people. It's not very nice. So, but it's, it's good. And uh, I read somewhere that uh, Tom, actor Tom Hanks, is a collector of typewriter, typewriters. Uh, I don't know if he has a place that. You know, he hauls them and puts them in there. I guess he loves that. And uh, it's amazing. So um, believe it or not, some people still use them, which I've heard. You know, they like that. And uh, But you make a mistake and then you, you know, pull the paper out and you crumple it and throw it in the garbage and start all over again, you know. But it's fun to watch old TV shows and they show typewriters or old movies. Like if it was set in a newspaper office or a regular office, you know that okay so that'll be all for typewriters now i will talk about the elmer the elephant show 
that was hosted by John Conrad. I'll give you a little history of that show and the host. So I'll start with the host. And uh, you know, I never heard of him. Yeah, I never did. And uh, he's. I've seen a couple clips on YouTube. I watched a couple of shows. It seems corny, but it seems like a lot of fun. And uh, he hosted the show from 1953 to 19... No, I think 90... Yeah, I think so. 1953 or to 1956. I got to double check. You know, some people say 51, 52. Uh, I don't think so. You know, so... Uh, and it was on Channel 5, a WNB... NBQ, which is WMAQ right now. Yeah. He started in 1953 and uh, it aired uh, five o'clock in the afternoon, right after Howdy Doody. And uh, John Conrad worked at, uh, at, the, at, the, at the television station. He did radio too. And um, he was born in Blue Island, Illinois. And uh, he always wanted to be in show business. And he started out as a page boy at a radio station at the Merchandise Mart. And then uh, he got, and then he became a radio announcer in Chicago. And uh, then he auditioned for the, the Elmer Elephant Show and it was sponsored by Oscar Mayer, uh, famous for hot dogs. And uh, the show consisted of an elephant. His name was Elmer. And um, he was a big, you know, a puppet. He never spoke, uh, but he was a very mischievous animal. <laughs> he caused a lot of trouble. He was like Bugs Bunny, like that. And um, he did kind of hijinks, and uh, he was very quiet. And then he would ring a bell or roll his eyes after pulling a prank to uh, Mr. Conrad. And... During the shows, he would uh, he would uh, teach the children lessons, you know, and uh, you know, be a great influence. So uh, that was good, and all kinds of pranks uh, that the El El Elmer did was like uh, squirting him of water or putting a pie in his face. And at the end of the show, there was always a positive message explained to the kids, and. Uh, the, during the show, that's not the only thing they did during the show. I mean, they did sketches, but they showed um, the our gang shorts, the little rascals, you know, with Spanky, Alfalfa. You know, they did, and they show cartoons. You know, it reminds me of Bulls of the Circus. They did that, and also Garfield Goofs. That um, you know, they showcase uh, cartoons, and uh, but uh, so he did that for you know until 1956. And then he was taken off the air. And uh, then, uh, believe it or not, they brought the show back in 1962. And it ran for about a couple of years. But it was in color. Uh, the previous show was aired in black and white. Most of them were at the time. And uh, it didn't really ca catch on. You know, uh, things have changed. And uh, so they decided no. And uh, during the 60s, uh, jo John Conrad hosted two game shows, Take a Dare and Tug of War. I don't remember those at all. So, And uh, I should have done more research on that. Uh, 
and then uh, he left Chicago and moved to California, and uh, he became very uh, successful. He became a businessman, and uh, he opened a dollar rent-a-car franchise in California. He also published a book called Come Back for Me. i got to look that up. That would be interesting. And uh, he seemed like a very nice man, very nice, and he related to kids very well. And that's great, you know, doing that. Um, then, uh, then he passed away, uh, 2006, I believe. Yeah, did that. Let's see what else. And, uh, so a lot of people do remember Elmer the Elephant. You know, I posted a couple things on, um, on Facebook. And they do remember the show. They do remember when they were young. Now, the people that used to watch them, they're in like in their 70s, 60s and 70s, you know, like that. And um, obviously, he was a disc jockey also on WMEQ. And it was called the John Conrad and Max. And Max was a imaginary turntable operator, you know, with records. Remember those? And uh, he would do the same thing as Elmer did, you know, cause a lot of grief, playing tricks on him, you know. You know, as John Conrad got to get very frustrated. And what he wore on the show in Elmer the Elephant, it was like a circus uh, outfit, you know, because elephants are always, uh, you know, prominent in the circus. And, you know, when I saw the costume he wore, he reminds me of Frazier Thomas when he... uh, when he did Garfield Goose, it kind of resembles that, you know, it kind of resembles him, but it wasn't him. And uh, like I said before, he died uh, February 7th, 2006. So, uh, you know, I've, like I said before, I've seen a couple of the clips on YouTube. You can watch them. They were in color. They last about maybe five minutes and uh, they were fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's a shame. It's another... Uh, Chicago's uh, children TV show that's gone into history, you know, but it's like I said before, it's largely forgotten. So it's a shame, but uh, I put a video together about a few years ago and I showcase all the TV children's shows in Chicago, like way back in the beginning, like 1948, 49, all the way to maybe in the 60s. Yeah, in the seventies. So I showcased. So I showed Elmer the elephant, also uh, Super Circus, Garfield Goose, Ray Rayner, Muzzle Circus, and other ones that uh, came and went. You know, and uh, so it was fun putting together. And you can find it on my on my YouTube channel under my name Picastas. If you find it, it's uh, I put a lot of time and effort, and it's a lot of fun. Okay. So that'll be all for today. Uh, this, so uh, I discuss about uh, my memories of using a typewriter, and I talked about John Conrad of the ho- of the host of the Elmer Elephant Show that aired on WMAQ Channel Five, which was WNBQ at the time, and uh, I find it very fascinating, you know, talking about that. So I had a lot of fun. Uh, I will not do a podcast episode tomorrow. Tomorrow is Easter. And uh, it's not my Easter. My Easter is next 
Sunday. I celebrate Palm Sunday tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, because I'm Greek Orthodox and we have we go by that calendar. I always hated it as a kid, but now it's fine. And uh, so, like I said before, I won't do a podcast tomorrow, maybe Tuesday, and maybe uh, the following weekend. And we'll see what I'll find out what I should do. What should I talk about? Health-wise, uh, I'm still the same. I'm a little shaky and, you know, I will go see uh, the doctor in, a, in about a week. And uh, hopefully I'll feel better. Okay, so this is Pika Stanis, host of Van Chicago Land Stories, the podcast. This is episode 121. And uh, thank you for joining me. I hope everyone have a wonderful holiday. Happy Easter. And uh, to my Greek uh, friends and family, Kalopasha. And uh, I'll see you next time. And right now, here's a little traveling music from Ray Rayner saying bye-bye. So long, everybody. We have to go. Bye, bye, bye.